Hey there, I'm so excited to announce the Unstoppable Success Summit is back. Y'all, we are going to be in Dallas, April 19th and 20th. And I want to see you there. Don't miss out on this opportunity to gain valuable insights and make valuable connections and leave with actionable takeaways so you can implement all of these things into your career and level up your life and your business. I've got Ben Newman, Rachel Luna, John Gordon, Rudy Ricksteins. I've got a panel of speakers that specialize on publishing, PR, branding, podcasting, and TED Talks. And so if you are ready to level up, if you're like, I've got a message to share and I really want to increase my influence, it's time to kick the limiting beliefs to the curb. It's time to move forward past your fear. It's time for you to invest in you to bet on yourself. So I want to see you in Dallas. It's my hometown and I'm going to make it y'all. I'm planning some big stuff. Okay. <laughs> it's going to be fun. My event planner keeps saying, Amberly, you need to reel it in. I'm like, no. And in Texas, we say go big or go home. So go to go.amberlylago.com. That link will also be in the show notes to grab your early bird ticket. The early bird tickets will only last for a certain time and there are only 100 seats available. So these tickets will go fast. You're the first to know about it. I want to see you in Dallas. So hopefully I will see you there to hug your neck and let's be unstoppable together. Okay, now on to the show. Thank you for tuning in to the True Grit and Grace podcast. I'm Amberly Lago, and I'll be sharing inspirational stories of resilience and empowering ideas to elevate your business and your life, ignite your passion, and fuel your purpose. Hey, y'all, it's Amberly here. Thank you so much for tuning in to True Grit and Grace. I have one of the most special people in my life on the show today. She's amazing. Miss Lori McAfee. She, she's got a new book coming out. She's got a huge podcast called Get Your Rear in Gear, which I love the name of that. She is going to help y'all today reclaim your power by knowing who you are like loving yourself, getting to know yourself, getting to know your inner peace, um, and getting to know your purpose. She is my goodness in the past year moved mountains, like seriously, since I met her and we're going to get into that, but she is a powerhouse. She is going to be speaking at the event in April in Dallas, y'all got to join us, Unstoppable Success Summit, and she's going to be taking the stage by storm um, and speaking at the event on April 19th and 20th, so I hope you come to see her, but I love this woman. She gives us hope. She gives us inspiration. She teaches us how to be resilient, how to reclaim our really true inner power, and love ourselves and how to practice self-love and how to, to know our self-worth. So Lori, I love you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being here on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I so appreciate it. That was a lovely oh introduction. Oh, I love you. You're amazing. Okay. I just have to tell everybody right now how amazing you are. Okay. Go ahead. So I met you, I think it was like less than a year ago that we met and I will never forget. I was speaking at an event. It was Ken Joslin's event. Mm -hmm. And you came up to me with this big, beautiful smile with perfect teeth because you're, you and your husband are in the dentist industry. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> Oh my God, this lady's gorgeous. Who is she? And, and you were you're like, Hey, and you just started talking to me. And then you like signed up for my mastermind. And in this mastermind, I am blown away by you blown away because in this past year, you've launched your podcast. Mm -hmm. That is a huge success. You've got your first book coming out. 
But one of the things I'm most impressive with too, I have to say, Lori, is that the way that you have shown up on social media, because when I first met you, it was not like that at all. Like you, you are showing up. Mm -hmm. I love y'all got to follow her on social media because the, what you share, the tips and the tools and how you are so authentically you is beautiful. So I just wanted to give huge, huge credit to you for all that you have accomplished in this past year. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. I've got like two pages of questions written out and (laughs) highlights. And I want to talk about your book, which explores the theme of love and resilience and personal growth. But before we get into that, I love to share stories from struggles to success. And there was a time in your life, which you didn't really love yourself. You didn't really have any purpose you were kind of lost kind of on autopilot and you know what I think a lot of people are on autopilot in life they wake up they drink their coffee they go to a job they're not satisfied with Mm -hmm. they come home it's it's like groundhog day you know what was the turning point for you when you realized hey this isn't working for me I wanted to run away I wanted to run away from an amazing life. I mean, I have a life that a lot of people are envious of and always have. And even as a growing up, that's very true. And it's kind of followed me throughout my entire life. And my husband, like you said, he's a dentist. And so we have a very successful dental practice, but there was no amount of money, house, a car, clothes, looks. There was nothing that would have been able to pay me to stay at that point. And I knew that wasn't me. You've told me about a story about you just walking out of the house. Like you just Mm -hmm. walked out. To the end of my driveway. And I laughed at the fact that I could be halfway across the country before anybody even missed me. Do you feel like your family, uh, your husband took you for granted? No, I just lost myself. How did you lose yourself? I was so caught up in trying to be something I wasn't for everybody else to keep everybody else kind of not just not my husband, not my family necessarily, but just try to fit a mold. Mm -hmm. I wanted to fit in. I wanted to make sure that I was, I looked good, that everything was right, that I had a perfect looking life. Life isn't perfect. I don't care how hard we try. And I wanted everybody to believe that. And I had been so caught up in being his wife and being my girl's mom that I didn't know who I was. I was just, like you said, hitting that button every morning, doing the same thing, going through the same routine. And one day it just hit me and I was like, I am miserable. Mm. And I was, and here's the thing. I was in church every Sunday. I was teaching women's Bible study Mm. and I was still miserable. I want to go back to what you said. I mean, I think there's a lot of people Mm -hmm. out there that are miserable they're not in alignment and that leads to a lot of unhealthy habits like drinking too much mm-hmm. to numb out eating too much to numb out scrolling through social media gambling whatever it may be unhealthy habits when right. when you're not in alignment or you don't know yourself how what was the turning point that made you go back and go wait i this is i i got to save myself. I got to save my marriage. I got to be the person that I'm meant to be. What happened then? I turned around and came home and I was like, I've got to do something different. This is not me. I'm not created for this. This is not who I am. And so I knew there had to be something that had to be done. I had a hard conversation with my husband, Mm. a very hard conversation with him. And I was told him that I was not happy. That I was and what that what that looked like? Oh my God, was he shocked? He was, he was, but he wasn't that. We have we had a good marriage, mm-hmm. but that moment we took a good marriage to an amazing marriage. Mm-hmm. And what I did is, I'll be honest with you, I walked into his office where he was studying, and he was just going through some seat, um, continuing ed stuff, and I said, I need to talk to you. I said, I'm miserable. 
Mm. I said, I have stuffed emotions. I have hidden who I am. I have walked behind this facade. I can't do it anymore. And I said, I, we have, and I, you know, literally gripping him with the broken masterpiece that I was at that moment. Mm. And no, what was that facade for you? Trying to be perfect. Mm trying to keep up a reputation of being perfect and um, not, you know, not showing any emotions, not mm. being, um, not telling people how I felt, being a people pleaser, mm. um, not sharing, really not setting boundaries, not having, you know, not setting those boundaries for people. Mm -hmm. um, but I was always afraid if I ever changed, they wouldn't like me. Mm. What, what, what do you think? led you to be a people pleaser and striving for perfection. What, what oh. led you to that behavior of, I'm, cause I'm an overcoming people pleaser. Don't get me right. wrong. Like, right. like, yeah. Uh, so what led you to that? Not ever feeling like I was good enough. And that came from being in high, in high school, you know, just, and what happened in high school? It was a guy that I dated. And mm. it was that I never felt like I was good enough for him. And so mm. I, I share, and then, and then I actually got pregnant by someone else. And how so, old were you? I was 17. 17 and, and pregnant. And that's, that's crazy because I mean, look at what you've done. I say crazy. My nickname is crazy by my husband. So please don't take that the wrong way. Y'all no, listening. But the reason I say it's crazy to me is not the crazy that it happened to you. It's crazy the thought that I just had that, oh my gosh, my daughter's going to be like, she's a year and a half away from yeah. being the same age that you were pregnant. And she's just starting to get kind of boy crazy. And I'm just like, yeah. I try to talk to her about stuff. And it's like to think of being pregnant at 17 I was a senior in high school. And I think where some of that not feeling good enough came from was um, just the church that I was a member of at the time. Well, I'm sure I was dis Lori, I was disowned by my family when I got pregnant at 23 and I wasn't married because I was living in sin, come from a very, very religious background. And when I got married, they finally came around, but how did your family react to that? How did the oh, my, church react to that? My family's amazing. My parents, I could not ask for two people to be more amazing than what they are. And my sisters are the same way. They all believed in me when I didn't believe in myself. Wow. And they stood 100% behind me. But the church, they wanted me to, what they say, acknowledge, you know, get up in front of the congregation and apologize. And I, did, I wouldn't do it. They and wanted you to get up in front of the congregation and apologize for being pregnant. Giving birth is a rule. miracle. It's a blessing. And you got to apologize. It's a man-made rule, you know, and that's the thing. And I don't hold it against any of these people at all. And it's definitely not against God because that's not him. But I think just in, a, in what probably one of the things that hit me the hardest. And when I think back about it, that really affected me more than I realized it affected me. Mm, I'm sure. But a friend came to my house one night and she was like, hey, there's a bunch of us going out this weekend. And my mom and dad always made sure that I still was able to do things. Mm. They wanted me to go and, and to have fun and, and live a little bit of a life like a teenager, even though I had a baby. And so they were like, yes, you go with them. So I went and she told me, she was like, there's this guy going and he's fun and he goes to church. And I was like, listen. There's not a decent guy on earth ever mm. going to want to date me. Mm. And I said, so I'm not going with that intent. I'm just going to have a good time. Well, when I, when we pulled up that night, I was like, dang, I'm in trouble because he is so good looking. And <laughs> <laughs> he is good looking. I he met is. him. He is. And we had so much fun. We just had an amazing time. Oh. And I came home and told my mom, I said, I met the man that I'm going to marry. And she was like, how do you plan on doing this? And I said, I don't really know, but we'll figure it out. Wow. And I will say for, you know, we've been married 31 years now. 31 Never. years. And y'all, if y'all are listening to this on like, you know, Apple, Spotify, wherever you're listening, if you're not seeing it on YouTube, if you see Lori, you'll be like, what? Did you get married when you were two? Because <laughs> you look 
like you're in your twenties. It's unbelievable. Well, thank you, Emily, but no, I'm not. <laughs> I'm I'm knocking on fifty one door <laughs> real quick. <laughs> oh yeah, I feel you. I'm I'm there. I'm there already. <laughs> but wow. So how old were you when you got married to your husband? Nineteen. Nineteen, because I'm not good at doing math. I just wanted you to so tell me 19. real quick. Yeah, do me, get me the cheat sheet on that. <laughs> so nineteen, and you have learned how to communicate. You learned how mm -hmm. to love yourself. You've learned your self worth. Mm -hmm. What would you suggest to somebody who is having a hard time with loving themselves? And just to, to practice a little more self-love, where would they start? Listen to the words that they say to themselves in silence, because we all have those voices in our heads. And so we all say things about ourselves, you know, I'm not good enough. I'm, I don't deserve that. I can't do that. You know, mm -hmm. there's all kinds of things we tell ourselves. And so just listening to the words that we say to ourselves is huge. Mm -hmm. And I, I, it all goes back to, even in my, even with my clients, I'm not enough. And and now I say, like, according to who, like, whose standards are you not good enough for? Because we're setting that standard for ourselves and what the world tells us we should be. That's not what, that's not what God tells us we should be. We're exactly. And you know what, y'all, she coaches women. She's a certified life coach and she coaches women and has had some amazing transformations with the women that she coaches and so if you're listening and you're like, you know what, I, I, I want to feel like I'm enough. I want to tap into my joy. I want to be empowered. You got to contact Lori and, and all her info will be in the show notes. Cause I really, really want you to know you're enough and be empowered. How do you improve your daily life when it's, I mean, you've been doing a lot, Lori, you've been doing a lot. Yeah. There's a lot of people out there that are doing a lot, especially a lot of entrepreneurs that listen to the show. And it's hard sometimes being an entrepreneur. It's nonstop. Yes, it and, I mean, and, and look at me, I'm in my, my gym clothes, baseball cap, my hair's not done, but I picked going to the gym this morning mm -hmm. rather than doing my hair. And so I was like, I yeah. got to take care of my body. How do you improve your daily life and how can others improve their daily life when we are so back to back with stresses, anxiety, never ending to-do list? What would you suggest? One of the things I think that is so important is don't take life so seriously. Take My husband says that all the time. Take a couple hours. I mean, and when I say a couple hours, you may need 30 minutes in the morning, 30 minutes afternoon to just chill out, go for a walk, sit and read, meditate, just have your normal daily routine that is taking care of yourself first. Because if we can't take care of ourselves and we don't take care of ourselves, we aren't going to be good for anyone else. I can't be all I can be for my husband or my children or my grandchildren or any of my clients or you or anybody else in the Unstoppable Mastermind if I, if I don't take care of myself. Mm -hmm. that's drinking water. That's making sure we take our supplements. That's making sure you move your body. That is being in scripture. I'm a hundred percent in, you need to read God's word. You need to be in a, with a group of people that are going to support you. There's all kinds of things that I do on a daily basis. I reach out to somebody every day. I drink. What, my what, what is day. your daily routine? I always like to know what people's day. I know we all need to develop our own routine mm -hmm. that works for us. And we have our own, where our own non-negotiables and stuff like that. But what is your daily routine? So I, before I even get out of the bed, I, I read. You do, you do. Before you get out of bed, huh? I roll over and pick it up. <laughs> uh, well, see, I wake up and it's dark outside. And my husband's beside me snoring usually. Sorry, honey. But he is. So I do like to read, but there's no way I can get out of bed and do that before I have to get up and get out of the room and find some light. Then what I time do you wake up? 5.30. 5.30. And so you wake up and you read a daily devotional. I love that. And then I go move my body. 
So I'll go exercise for 30 minutes. Listen, I am not, I don't like exercise and I'm not even gonna lie to you and tell you that I do. I do not like to exercise, but I go, I will move, I will exercise for 30 minutes. What do you and do? And then I start getting my ready. I do beach body. You do? Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So you're right there at your house. That's good. Yeah. yeah. I don't leave. I lift or lift weights, do something just to make sure that I move my body. And the thing is like people go, oh, I don't have time to go to the gym. Well, look, you can do a quick workout at home. And also there's like so many free workouts on YouTube nowadays. Like there are free apps. There's free. I mean, it's unbelievable what you can do, but yeah, I know that for me, I have got to move my body or I just, I don't feel good mentally. I do it for my mental state. So you read your devotional, you move your body and then what? I drink a lot of water. Yeah. And I start getting ready. So I, I start getting ready right out of the, you know, taking my supplements. I always drink some kind of green juice every morning. You do? I do. Mm-hmm. And then um, I make sure that I drink at least half of my body weight every day in water. And just go about my day, start my day. And I have my day pretty well scheduled. So I know that, you know, by eight o'clock I need, if I'm going to the office to help Ken that day, which I do that for two half days a week, I, I make sure that I'm there by eight o'clock and I get mm-hmm. everything that I need to get done by there. And then I leave there and I come straight here and start working. Yeah. So well, I'm home. blown away by all you've accomplished. I have loved seeing you just step up and like, it, it's been amazing. It, it really is so fulfilling for me to see you shine the way that you're doing and your podcast just blow up and all that you're doing is, is just amazing. There's so many people that struggle with self-worth and I know a lot of y'all have to follow Lori on social media, but even when I love how authentic you are. And even when you were writing your book and you had those self doubts, like, Mm -hmm. Oh gosh, I don't know. Should I be writing this? Is anybody going to read it? Is anybody going to buy it? And I had the same thoughts, like the same thoughts. And I still do like, actually I'm sharing this for the first time on the podcast, but I just signed a book deal and I'm like, Oh my gosh, I've yes. had, I'm having a manuscript by August of 2024. It's going to publish like it's yes. wild. And I still have those thoughts of, and my husband was like, oh my gosh, it took you two years to write your first book. How are you going to pull this off with all you're doing and blah, blah, blah. And I mean, I don't need that. I got my own thoughts in my head of mm-hmm. my self-doubt. What do you do? when self, before we get into your book, what do you do when self-doubt creeps in? So it's going to, I don't care who you are. Self-doubt is going to creep in. And I just, I ask myself, I challenge those questions. Is this really true about me? Can I really not do this? You know, and I ask, what do I want the outcome to be? Mm. So I really go through and ask myself, I challenge these questions that come in my head, if they're true or not. And I, I want to know the answer to that. And then I think about like, really, what, what does God say about me? So mm-hmm. I always turn it back around because every self-doubt we have, there's always something in the scripture that's going to counteract that. Mm, speaking of that, you have a favorite quote that I love. It says, the pain that you've been feeling can't compare to the joy that's coming from scripture. I love that. Is that something that is like one of your mantras? It is. It is. Yeah. And I just believe that that's so true because we, we all are going to experience pain mm-hmm. and that we are there. We're no different from anyone else. We're all people and we're all going to experience pain no matter where you're at in life. And no matter how much money you have or how much money you don't have, you're going to experience pain, mm-hmm. but you can use that pain to either catapult you into a better life and finding who you are mm-hmm. and that becoming part of your purpose, or you can allow that to, to take you down. And I've never allowed the pain to take me down. I didn't want to ever be a statistic. And so I've always wanted to find that joy. Even in those moments of despair, I've always wanted to find that joy. How does someone find the joy that's going through a hard time? 
take me through some steps to really go, okay, this is how you tap into your joy. I ha- I would be not being truthful if I told you that everything I did didn't go back to my re- relationship with Christ. And so everything I do goes back to that. And mm-hmm. that's where it comes from. And I have to believe what his word tells me. As a matter of fact, I make my life on that, mm-hmm. on everything that his scripture tells me. So even when the worst thing in the world can happen to you, then we have to look at it at a way that is this going to benefit him? Mm-hmm. Is this part of his story? And, you know, is am I play, playing part of his story in this? And I guess one time, Amberly, my dad probably taught me that to live that out more than anything. And that was when my mom had gotten really sick. And, you know, he just remi- reminded me one day, he was like, Lori, as much as I want her here, if that's not God's plan, mm-hmm. then there's nothing that we can do. Mm-hmm. We have to, but we have to trust his plan in this. That was not his plan. My mother is great, mm-hmm. but thankfully, but you know, he, that really taught me just, Lord, really trust the plan. Yeah. No to let go is. and let God. Yeah. Because we have to. And so that's one thing that I do. I go back to that. It's it's hard. It is so hard sometimes to go back to that. Mm-hmm. But also look at, you know, am I going to allow this to destroy who I am and define who I am? Or am I going to let this be a refocus, change my perspective and move forward out of this situation? And what lesson can I learn from this? Because mm-hmm. there always can be a lesson that's learned through that. Mm-hmm. I I agree. And yeah, you know what? I I have to admit a lot of times I get into self-will and I'm like, I need to be reminded. I got, I need to put God in the driver's seat. <laughs> and um, I even. And we all do. We all do that, Amberly. I mean, it's, it, you know, it doesn't matter. I don't, I don't care if you're the most religious person on earth, got the best relationship with God. You're still going to do that from time to time. Yeah, I forget sometimes. And, and you know, I've been, I got sober back in 2016. I've got a, a great sponsor who I connect with every day. I mean, sometimes a couple of times a day. And she said to me, ask God to walk beside you today. And I'm like, thank you for that reminder. And then I always remember a frog, fully rely on God. Mm-hmm. I have a friend that, that, gave me some frog earrings and it's like fully rely on God. And it's so true, but thank you for saying that, that sometimes you struggle with that too. Like you, yeah, because it can be hard. That's the only way that we can get through any situation is just, you know, believing him. I always say, believe the promise and trust the process. Because there are promises that come throughout scripture. Mm -hmm. True. Yes. That was one of the hardest things, actually. And that's something that you ladies did for me that, oh, my goodness, every morning I hear the wind chime. So my stepdad passed away and y'all gave me this beautiful wind chime in memory of my stepdad. And my stepdad used to text me every single morning a message and scripture. And I mean, every single morning he would text me. And I think of you and my stepdad, because every morning I wake up and I hear that wind chime. So even though he can't text me, I, and I'm in remembrance of him because I hear that wind chime. So thank you for that. I just wanted to mention that really quick because. And those memories, you know, those good memories, people want to focus so many times on the negative. Why don't we just focus on the positive? We can always find the good in something like that. Oh yeah. Think about those good times. Think about the good times that made you laugh. Don't focus on all the negative things that that happen. Just even if it's one good memory, stick that in your memory bank and every once in a while, pull it out and just think about it. That's so, such great, great advice to focus on the positive. That makes all the, so much is about your, just your, your mindset. Okay. I've got more questions. I've got like two pages of questions. Sorry. (laughs) I got like two pages of questions. This is something like, okay, if y'all aren't watching on YouTube and you're listening, Lori has a big sign behind her that says hope. Mm -hmm. And I think that we need that more than ever right now with what's going on in the world. 
there are a lot of people that are hopeless. I mean, I've got really close friends. I've got a family member that is just like given up. Like they're like, well, I guess this is how it's going to be. And I'm about to die. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, let's get some hope. What do you say to people who need hope? Again, I mean, I have to go back to what scripture tells me and I have to just, I have to really believe in that. And it's all connecting our heart and our mind together. And a lot of people, they believe it in their head and they know these things in their head, but they can't get their heart wrapped around that. And so it's that disconnect between our heart and our head. And we have to get those two in alignment together and, and figure out, you know, that there is hope out there. It may not look like you expected it to. And that's the thing I think that led a lot of people lead them into despair and to giving up is they expected life to be one way or they expected someone mm. else to be one way. And that expectation can't be fulfilled. Mm -hmm. And I tell people all the time. So if I'm going to allow someone else to decide whether I'm hopeless or not, I'm giving them the key to my life. Mm -hmm. They're driving, they're driving my, my happiness and they, they can't handle it. They don't have the the emotional intelligence, they don't have the capacity to be able to handle it at the level that I need it. So I can't hand them, hand them my keys. And so I, rem I keep that in mind is when we become hopeless, a lot of times we've, we've put that expectation on someone else. Mm. It's so that true. That's so good, Lori, because so many people, it's like, I mean, I have a family member who just listens to the doctor that says that they're really sick and all these horrible things. And I'm like, why don't you tap into your own heart? Maybe get some other advice, maybe turn to scripture. Like you say, mm -hmm. uh, and, and you're so right. I never thought of it like that. Mm -hmm. And I will tell you this because we can um, go back to my mom, for instance, for being sick. The doctor told us that there was no hope for my mom when she came out of surgery that day. And we go, I go with my mom and dad to the doctor about a week later. And he said, you know, there's really nothing else we can do. And I said, oh yeah, there is. And he said, no, no, there's not. And I said, yes, there is. And I said, we'll find it. I said, I'm not going to settle for one answer. Mm -hmm. give, Good for you. Give me three people with the same answer and I'll take it, but I'm not going to take it from just one person. Oh my gosh. I love that. Do you know that when I was diagnosed with CRPS, okay. the first doctor told me one thing I had CRPS. The next doctor, I was like, I don't believe you. Next doctor, same thing. Third doctor. I was like, I broke down in tears. I was like, okay, three doctors in a row. I guess this is what I'm going to have to accept and move on. How did you get through that with your mom being sick what what did y'all do we I found a place I had two choices and one was MD Anderson in Houston and one was place in Jacksonville I can't remember the name of it it's a little slip in my mind and I, I told them I said don't send you know I want some of those paraffin blocks all the stuff that they've got you know those little things that they send to choose the, for the sales on and with the cancer to, to determine all that I said I don't want it all sent to one place I want it sent in two different places because I want to know what they're, what they say. Yeah. So I had sent to MD Anderson and they called us and they were like, okay, we can take her. And this is what, this is what you have. And so they told us and I'm like, oh goodness. Okay. So my, my dad, mom, sisters, and I drove out to Houston. And when we got there, they had mom in a different department. So mm -hmm. what she was diagnosed with here was not what my mom had and what they treated her for. Wow. That's wild. And they told us there was, that happens a lot, a whole lot. And I will forever believe that it may have been that here, but God changed it in between mm. here and there. And I will forever believe that she was supposed to be at MD Anderson because they wouldn't have treated her here. Mm. And we were told that by a doctor, they wouldn't treat her here for that. And so well, I wasn't thank God for you. Thank God for you. Well, and we were all five in agreement on it. My my family and I were very close and we were all five in agreement. Hey, we're we're gonna do something. Mm -hmm. You know, we're not gonna give up that easy. Because why would we give up on something that we don't know? We don't have the answer to that, but why would we give up? If we still got if you still have breath in your lungs, you still have a purpose. And don't give up on that purpose until that breath is gone. You are still you're still here for a reason. 
How does someone tap into their purpose? Well, you have to know, first of all, like who you are. <laughs> I think that you, it all comes with knowing who you are mm -hmm. and knowing and looking at your situation. My husband, when I met him, he was going to be an, he was going to be an optometrist. And really? Well, that reminds me, I need to go to the eye doctor. <laughs> Look, I got two sets of glasses here. He was going to so be an eye doctor. He was. And so when we, we got married and moved to Birmingham and that was the plan. And my husband didn't get into school the first year into optometry school. His sister and his brother-in-law did, but he didn't, you know, we were just like, okay, then we'll just apply next year. You know, we'll just keep, cause we're not going to give up. We're still mm -hmm. going to keep trying. We've got, we got a goal. Mm -hmm. And in the midst of that, he met someone else who introduced him to the world of dentistry. And it's very hands-on. My husband is very much a let's tear it apart and rebuild it kind of man. And so dentistry was exactly what he needed. And I believe that we just need to always be looking for those opportunities to tap into part of our purpose. Because if my husband hadn't have been aware that, hey, there's maybe another option here. It's not all going to just be optometry. There may be another option here. So let's investigate that. Mm -hmm. You know, and so he's now he's a very successful dentist and he would have been miserable as an optometrist. He really would have. He just wouldn't have. It wouldn't have been an exciting enough for him. Yeah. For me, I love that he just came out with you and I got to meet him in person. Yeah. So we had a, a mastermind meetup and um, I've convinced my husband to let me have meetups at the house. <laughs> and so I had all the ladies over here at the house. And then um, we always do something a day of fun afterwards. And this time what we did is I played in the celebrity softball tournament and Lori came with her husband and I got to I meet your your husband he's so sweet he was he he, sweet. oh my goodness it was he so really awesome i'm glad y'all came yeah i i didn't actually they wanted they wanted me to play second base i was like <laughs> second base are you kidding me like i'm gonna get hit in the face with the ball and i had to talk to the coach i was like maybe you should let one of the professional athletes play second base i want to just go hang out with my friends in the stands <laughs> but it was for a good cause. It was for a good it was, cause. It was a lot of fun. Thank you for doing that. Oh, and I think it's important to to find time to have fun and do those things. And do you think that's part of tapping into your joy is finding time to have fun? Oh, I believe you always have to. I believe in working hard, but I believe in playing harder. Oh, I like that, girl. My daddy taught. My daddy says that. So I believe that there's always, you got to work hard because you got to be able to, you know, there's things you got to take care of. You got to work. I mean, we have to work. We need to be working for a living. We really do. You know, people need to really get to work. But I believe with that, you also can find time for laughter. You also can time time for, can find time for fun. And I believe that you have to laugh every day. Laughter is actually one of my values. I love value. it. Tell me all your values. So it is, it's faith. It mm -hmm. is love. It is authenticity and it is fun. Mm, I love that. What do you do for fun? Oh, we do a lot of things. Um, <laughs> I'm just laughing because I know what you do. <laughs> Lori, I know what you do. Kimberly. <laughs> so my husband, we do really have a good time. Um, we do. ride on the side by side. We do. We ride on the side by side. We laugh. Um, one of our favorite things, and this is just so old school and probably so backwards, but it's okay. We will roll the windows down and turn the music up really loud and sing and just have a really good time and listen to country music or old rock or something and just have a really, we really have a good time. And we don't, we really don't take life so seriously. We, we did at one time and it, we weren't happy, neither one of us. So we've just learned to laugh about a whole lot. Because there's, we can't control 90% of the things we can control. So we've just learned to laugh about that other, that 10%, that, you know, that 90% we can't control and only just really handle that 10%. I, I love that. Time. And you know what? We, we do the same thing. Actually, yesterday, Ruby and I, we have a golf cart. It's all like lights on it. It's all blinged out. You know, it's a thing here in Texas is riding around in a golf cart. It's like a glorified golf cart 
and there's a speaker system on it. And so Ruby and I take Goldie, our little two pound pup, and we go for a golf ride and we've got the music going. And I love since we moved here, Ruby is in, in the country and cowboys. I'm like, yes, <laughs> but we just had the music blaring the country music our little dog and, and, and she knows her whole way around town. So she drives all over town. We went to see Longhorns. There's a camel down the street. Like it's, it's awesome. So it's the little things. And even this morning, like even this morning on the way to the gym, something that helped music is so powerful. It is Sunday. We were talking about this before we started recording Sunday, gospel music at church this Sunday brought me to tears. I mean, I seriously, I was like, oh my gosh, it, it was beautiful. This morning to the gym, I was listening to songs by Cheryl Crow and Alanis Morissette and cranking it up. Like yeah. felt like I was back in my twenties, you know, um, I think music is powerful. So it's the little things you don't have to do big extravagant things. I like your idea of just rolling the windows down. We don't do, we don't act our age either. Yeah, we I still, forget. Take, I forget. Yeah. I'm, I forget. I'm 51. Yeah. We take risk. We have a good, you know, we just, we really find a lot of fun things to do. Simple things though. You know, we love to fish. We love to, you know, we love to things. fish too, but you know what also that I love that you did, like you texted me this morning and you were like, Hey, my family's coming out to see me speak at the event. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Oh my gosh, your family's coming. And you like got tickets for your whole family is coming to support you when you get on the stage to speak at Unstoppable Success Summit in April. And I can't wait to see you take the stage. You're such an incredible speaker. What's the title of your talk? Well, I haven't got a great title yet, but it really you've got your talk down. Like your talk, you have like nailed it. You've already told me part of it. And it's amazing. Well, yeah. So it's probably going to be something along the lines of when you turn, making a turn in your life and what does that turn look like or, you know, something along those lines. Well, I think that the title of things is the hardest thing ever. It like is. I wrote 90% of my book and I was like, I don't know what I'm going to call a book. I don't know. I don't yeah. know. And Learning it took me not the title of my book originally. So I want to talk about that. Burning hope. It's themes of love, resilience, and personal growth. Mm -hmm. I have read you've, so you gave me part of your book, most of it that you had written. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you're such a talented writer. It's amazing. I've already pre-ordered it. I can't wait for it. It's coming out soon. Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit about what inspired you to write your book and what the book is about. I've always loved writing and had, and I had that hidden in my heart for years to write a book since I was probably a little girl and really? no one ever really knew it. I didn't, I never really, because I don't have a college education. So there again, you know, that voice in your head, you can't do this, you know, so That's here we me. go. Right. So, yeah. yep. So I was like, okay, we're going to try this. So what happened was my daughter, my youngest daughter and her husband met at an accident where my daughter actually saved someone's life. Mm -hmm. And her husband was the fireman that landed the um, life force helicopter. So whenever they met and, you know, I just think that was such a dramatic meeting, you know, and they saw each other and it was kind of like they sparkles in their eyes, even though it was a terrible tragedy whenever they met, you know, with this accident, but she would talk about him. And I was like, I could tell there was something kind of different. Well, so I told them when they started dating, I was like, y'all are living my New York times bestseller. And everybody would laugh and they would just joke, you know, they'd be like, sure, whatever, ha, ha, ha. And I started taking notes three, it's been three and a half years ago. And so I- just How old was she when she met him? 20. 20? Mm -hmm. Oh. Yeah. So I started taking notes about like their different things throughout. And I was just different things that I, I even myself was going through, you yeah. know, I would take notes of, and I just kind of put it all together. And I submitted it and they were like, yeah, we'll take it. And it's, it. That's so tell us who on. your publisher is. My publisher is Paige Dunnigan. Oh, I love Paige. I love Paige too. She's amazing. I love and her. We've we become very good friends. It's really a story about someone who grows up very safe. 
they've always been safe all their life because they grew up in a, a household where it was all good. Everything looked perfect. And then when they go to college, they kind of waver over to the other side and they want to experience life on the other side just a little bit. And so when, when that happens, they kind of fall into the worldly pleasures and get entangled in that. And then they have to find their way back because they're hurt and they find themselves in a place they never wanted to be. And so they have to come back to that safe place and it may not look the same. And then of course they feel like, you know, I'm not worthy. I'm not enough. I can't do this because I've done this other stuff in my past. That's not true. That's there's nothing in that. That's truth. You're never too far gone to go back to hope. Mm. And I love that you talk a lot about forgiveness as well. Like you even talk about it on your social media. I do talk a lot about forgiveness because we have to learn to forgive ourselves first. Mm -hmm. And we have to learn to forgive other people. And it's not for the other person. It is totally for us. If you expect, again, that expectation, if you expect someone to apologize to you, you may be waiting till, well, you may never get an apology. Oh, believe me. I know my ex-husband. Do you think he is ever going to apologize? Never. And then you're living with that. (laughs) And like I even So I'm like, oh, well, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And we hear, I heard this morning, you know, it's like you drinking poison, expecting other person to die. Mm-hmm. It's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. So we have to learn to forgive that person and just move on with life and just not, again, not take things so seriously. And yeah. that's a lot of the way the book is about is just moving, learning to move on with your life and being able to pick yourself up after you have fallen. And then other people also learning to love who you are and accept you for who you are. And you allowing other people to love you. I love that. And I love that Paige is publishing your book. Mm-hmm. She's amazing. Paige is amazing. She is. I mean, I, I you met her in, in the mastermind. In the mastermind. I did. In the mastermind on a call. And what she shared was amazing. I cannot wait for people to read your book. Tell us the date that it's coming out. So it's going to be available on Amazon on um, December 1st, December 1st, y'all yes. it's out. So, like actually it's out because when they, when y'all are hearing this, this is yes. going to be released on December 6th. So it's out there. Go get it. Go run. Don't walk. Go get her book. Exactly. And yeah. it, it really is good. It's just a, it's a, my goal in the book was that all your senses was touched that you were able to to hear it, to see it, to smell it, to feel it when you read it throughout the entire book. And that's what I wanted. I wanted the, I wanted the reader to number one, see their self in some of those pages of the book mm-hmm. to know that there's always hope that they can go back. But I also wanted them to be able to sit in those same places where Gabby and Griffin are sitting and be able to see themselves in those. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. Um, and then you're having a book signing too. I am on December the 16th in my, in my hometown that I grew up in. I think that is amazing. And I'm really going to try to get there. I'm going to, I know. I'm going to be out of the country and I don't know if I can get back or. I'm willing to travel for a book signing. If somebody else wants to have one somewhere, I will travel to sign up for a book signing. Well, you know what, Lori, what you have to do is we need to get a book signing arranged for you Mm -hmm. here in Dallas when you're out here in in Dallas for the event. Yeah. Anywhere you travel, wherever you're going, even if you're going for a family vacation, you call the areas, the bookstores there Mm -hmm. first and say, hey, I'm going to be in town. I'm a best-selling author. I'd love to bring my audience to your store could we arrange a book signing? So let's talk after this. Sorry, I'm into my coaching mode where I'm. T- <laughs> That's okay. um, it's in us. Uh, yeah, it's, it's in us for sure. Both of us. Like, even when we first got on the call, you were saying, Hey, this is what we could do. And I'm like, Hey, this is what we can do. That's the, that is the joy mm-hmm. of being with like-minded, passionate people who mm-hmm. want to make a positive impact in the world. And I prayed for I prayed for you, Lori, I prayed when I started my mastermind, I was like, I prayed for faith-filled, passionate women who want to make a positive impact. And that's who you are. 
and that's what you're doing. I mean, I am amazed at all you've done with your podcast, the way that you show up on social media and you're making this positive impact. And now you have this book. Oh my gosh. Oh, and you even have a coaching program. We didn't even get into your coaching program. program. Oh my gosh. You've got beyond enough coaching to help people live a joyful life. Tell people how, and I know we're running out of time. I'm sorry. I just love talking to you. Yes. You're beyond enough coaching to help people live a joyful life. How do they reach you for that? To my website, which is lorimcafeecoaching.com. And they just can click on a little link there that takes them right into my coaching program and they can start scheduling sessions with me. Yeah, I love that. And I also love that y'all, if you go to her Instagram, that link is here in the show notes, and you can even go into her bio and you can find how to pre-order her book. Or by then, by now, you're going to be able to order her book. You can even schedule a call. You're amazing that people can schedule a call with you. So if you go to her Instagram, so I'm just so excited for you, Lori. I'm so happy for you. I'm so proud for you, for all the work that you have done. I know that writing a book is like, Ooh, it's, it's a lot, it's a lot, but, uh, it's going to be worth worth it it. and it's going to change lives and it's going to be a bestseller. It probably already is if it's pre-ordered all the people that you have had (laughs) pre-order. Um, but anyway, thank you for, um, being on the show. Thank you for being so amazing. Y'all come see her, meet her in person. She's going to have some books at the event in April that she could sign for you. If I twist, I'm going to twist your arm to see if you have time to sign books, but she's going to be on stage. And you do not want to miss her talk because I've seen her speak and she's amazing. So anyway, uh, that link for the Unstoppable Life uh, or Unstoppable Success Summit will be in the show notes as well. So y'all come hear Lori speak on stage. Lori, I love you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for being on the show and thank you for all you do to make a positive impact. So you do as well. Thank you. And and y'all, thank you for tuning in and I appreciate you being here. And because of you, you have seriously made this show. You're the reason this show is a top 1% podcast. I appreciate you tuning in and subscribing because it makes all the difference and my you know goal is to provide you with the most amazing people like Lori but um thank you for tuning in and we will see you next week 